bury it, you don't throw a few <laughs> few pieces of dirt on them. You, uh, we're just chatting because we, I'm gonna keep answering your question. Uh, but um, I apologize to KC because he asked the question and we tuned out um, just before we got a chance to answer it. Uh, but uh, one of my friends here, he asked me also, how do you get baptized and also how do you receive the Holy Ghost? And so that's what I'm going to answer first. And then KC, uh, if you'll text him, yeah, Melvin, uh, let him know that we're back live and then um, I'll respond to his question. And so uh, the question that one of my friends here asked me was, how do you get water baptized and how do you receive the Holy Ghost? And so as I was mentioning, um, and we can, we can, uh, we can go to those scriptures actually. Uh, we can go to the book of Acts so we can see how one can happen before the other. So in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter. So you text my bad, my message won't sit there. Okay. Uh but in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter, and we'll look at uh verse 12 we'll see people get water baptized so you get water baptized every time you get water baptized you should be fully immersed in water and the minister the preacher should call on the name of Jesus Christ because that's the that's the name that God is going to recognize that's the name that the blood was shed the name of Jesus Christ Jesus was the one who died for all of us. So we'll look at uh, Acts the 8th chapter first, and then we're going to go look at people receiving the Holy Ghost first. But if if you if I don't answer your question clear enough, definitely ask me again. Uh, but let me text him right quick. But uh, if you will, get Acts the 8th chapter and verse 12. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Where you want me to stop? Um, keep going. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So they were baptized here. Um, and actually... I'm going to skip down, but I want to go and actually show that water baptism is full immersion. I'm going to get the book of Luke to do that. So I'm going to read this, and I'm going to show you that these people did not have the Holy Ghost. Um, they were only baptized. So that's why I said they agreed, because they're two different things. One is Holy Ghost, one is water baptism. But they agree with each other. They go together. So uh, I'll, I'll read this. And so in, so these people were baptized, they believed, and they were baptized. But if you skip down to verse 14, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So that clears it up there. These people only had water baptism. They had no Holy Ghost. 
but you got to have both to be saved. So that's the reason Peter and John went down there and prayed for them so that they could receive it. So later on in the story, they, they did receive the Holy Ghost. So uh, I'm going to go to the book of, actually, I, I need to get the book of Matthew. Straight now. You text me. Uh, yeah, I text KC. Uh, but Matthew, the third chapter, we'll see how Jesus was baptized. And Jesus said he is the way. He's going to show us how we need to be baptized. So look at Matthew 3 and 16. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. That's all we need to know. Jesus went to the Jordan River, body of water. And the Bible says he went up straightway out of the water. So he had to be down underneath the water to come out of the water. So that's the only way we need to get baptized is full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. And so to answer your question about the Holy Ghost, so I hope that was plain. Uh, you get fully immersed, and when you get fully taken down, the person says, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins or something along those lines. So we'll move to Acts the 10th chapter and we'll see people get the Holy Ghost with no baptism. Well, before they get baptism, excuse me. 44. Mm -hmm. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So, go back up and read 44, just 44 again. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So, Peter was just talking. These people received the Holy Ghost out of nowhere. They spoke in tongues. Same thing happened in Acts the second chapter. If you've ever heard of speaking in tongues, you may have never heard of. Them. So whenever somebody receives the Holy Ghost for the first time, first time, they will speak in tongues. I'll put it to you this way because I was using the analogy of a baby. Getting the Holy Ghost and being baptized, Jesus calls it being born again being born a second time spiritually so the natural birth when you were born the first time notice the baby was in water that's why people say oh her water broke so you had the water at the first birth so now you got to have the water at the second birth so now the tongue when a baby is born you know what that baby comes out doing? Crying, making all kinds of noises. <laughs> That's nothing but representing the tongue. So when you're born again, the second time, you're always going to hear the tongue. There is going to be a tongue change. Let's get the, the book of Corinthians, the 14th chapter. 
Bible says, uh, we'll start at verse 21. Tongues is the sign to let you know. So if you have never had the sign, then you have not received it yet. Doesn't mean you can't get it, because God wants to give it. He wants people to get it. But we just can't fight them on it. We, I can't go around telling people I got something that I don't have. I can't go around telling people I got a million dollars knowing Tony ain't got a million dollars. I'm deceiving myself. So people will fight you on so many things, but they have not the truth. Look at, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter in verse 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will they not, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign. Tongues not. are a sign. God, excuse me, God had this written in the Old Testament. He was going to use speaking in tongues to let us know we've been filled with the Spirit. See, God had, he'd have to give us a supernatural sign. See, how else, if God says you need the Holy Ghost to be saved, so after you die, to determine where you uh, live for eternity, if he says, Tony, you need the Holy Ghost, but what if I'm confused on if I ever got it? Would he not give us a universal sign that all of us would have had so that we'd all know? So there'd be no question. There'd be no doubt about it. I can say, yes, I've had this thing happen to me before, so I know I got the Spirit of God. Or I can say, no, I have not had this happen, so I need to get it. Does that make sense? So God has given us a universal token, a universal indicator. It's just like, and I use this all the time, when a person... If you've ever uh, used a computer or cell phone or anything, sometimes they have these little, um, these little, uh, uh, I'm losing the, the word, uh, but it is like this little, um, I can't think of a good word for it, but anyway, it'll, it's really a scam most of the time, I call it that, it's a scam. They'll say, praise the Lord, Auntie Betty. Good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. So, but there is a scam that'll pop up a lot of times if you're on the internet. And it'll say, winner, winner, flashing lights, big, big letters, bold. Um, it'll have like confetti fall down. It might be balloons. It might have sounds. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, so a, a lot of times you will have uh, it's like when you're on the phone and you're browsing the internet sometimes a thing will pop up like as soon as you visit a website and it'll be like congratulations you're the millionth visitor today yeah. you won this prize click here and most of the time well really all the time it's a, it's a scam it's like yeah. a virus so things like that <laughs> yeah you, you, does that make more sense yeah so that'll pop up but if you ever notice all of that stuff, the congratulations, winter, balloons, confetti falling down, none of that stuff is actually the prize. You ever thought about that? None of that's the prize. That's just to let you know you want a prize. 
even though it's a scam. But they say, oh, you want a car. But they'll still have all that stuff going on on the screen, the congratulations, the music, the balloons rising or whatever. Tongues is the same way. Tongues is not that brand new car. Tongues is not the car that you want. Tongues is that sign to let you know you want. Does that make sense? That that's that's all tongues is for. But people people have twisted the scriptures and a lot of times people argue with you about it, but that's what God said he was going to use tongues for. That's why Paul said in verse 22, he says, tongues are for a sign. That's all it is. It's just a sign. It ain't nothing to be afraid of. It's just a sign. It's just to let you know. So, um, let's uh, go back or go to. Um, Luke, we'll go to Luke 2 and 3 and 21. Because you have to be praying. Well, you don't have to be, but because sometimes you can be worshiping God when you receive the Holy Ghost. But if you're just trying to receive the Holy Ghost, you need to pray for it. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. He was praying, and then he received the Holy Ghost. That's just showing that's how we get it, typically. Now you can be in church, you can be listening to a message, you could be singing and it happens, all kinds of ways it can come. Like I said earlier, uh, some people have gotten baptized and on their way coming up out of the water, they speak in tongues right there. Because God can give it to you at any point. God, I mean, he gives it when people are really, truly wanting it to happen. Because, man, God is no respecter of persons. People say, oh, I don't believe it. I ain't never happened to me. I say, look, just try to see. You say you don't believe it, try to find out. Because we're talking about God. We're not talking about Tony here or Melvin. It's God. God can give it to you at any moment. Um, so I hope that answers. Yeah. Um, and KC had a question. I don't think he's tuned back in. But his question was, and I'll just go ahead and answer it. He said, how do you guys feel about this generation and the church? How do you propose we reach them to get them to understand the importance of a relationship with God? Man, the church really is in the same shape that it was in Jesus' day. You still have People fighting against the truth. See, they fought Jesus the entire time. You got it today. People are going to fight the truth. They fought Jesus. I mean, why would I expect them not to fight me if they fought a perfect person? And that you've seen the miracles and stuff that Jesus did, <laughs> and they still fought against them. Seen it. <laughs> Let me see Jesus do the stuff in the flesh. <laughs> Man. But so they're still going to fight the truth today. So if you got somebody who's 
everybody's following, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I got to check it out. I got to make sure that what they're saying lines up with the scripture. Are they teaching about the water, the importance of water? Because everybody, even in uh, Acts the 19th chapter, when Paul found some disciples, he found people that believed in God, followers. He asked them about the Holy Ghost and did they get baptized? That's what he asked them about. So if you don't, if you are following somebody who that's not what they're asking, you got to reconsider, friend. You better reconsider. So the, the church, I mean, it really seems to be in some of the same uh, predicaments that it was then because it'll always be this way. It's always, uh, Jesus told us, he said, it's going to be few that's, that are going to be saved. It's only going to be a few. Now, that's Jesus' words. He says it's going to be few that shall find life. Many are going to enter into, into destruction. So most of us are not trying to put any time in seeking God. We're not trying to find somebody and say, hey, what, what are these scriptures talking about? We're not trying to see, hey, I need, to, I need to get into a Bible study somewhere. That's not our concern. And Jesus is still saying, you think you're saved. So the condition of the church is still, I mean, it seems to be still in the same situation because most of us are just, quite frankly, not concerned with God. And I, I was in the same position. I mean, I'm no better than the next person. I was in the same position. I wasn't thinking about God. Man, not at all. Man, I'm like, man, who cares? And not that I was saying who cares about God, but I was without saying it because I wouldn't put no effort into it. So, uh, how do you, how do, how do we propose, how do you propose we reach them to get, to get them to understand the importance of a relationship with God? Man, it's shown through our actions. Uh, in Acts, the first chapter, uh, it says all that Jesus began to both do and teach. He did something for people. That's when people really began to listen to him. When they seen, oh, this man cares about me. Oh, he's fed us. Oh, he's, he's healed us. He's come way over here to see me. He, he did this for me. He did that for me. That's when you can get somebody, you're more likely to get someone to listen to your words. When they see, man, this person really cares. This person isn't after my money. So when we truly begin to love people, then people will say, I don't know, that person, they might actually know what they're talking about. They might actually be on to something because I see how they live. Now, if I'm running around beating people and stealing from folks all the time, man, who's going to listen to me? <laughs> oh, he called himself a preacher. <laughs> who's going to listen to me? So when we clean up our act, other people will then look at us. You can be just a member in the church. A lot of people have turned from so many churches because you have people in there that are conducting themselves in manners that, man, Jesus would be so sad about. And he is. He's so disappointed in people. Because we're still doing everything he said not to do. 
And it can truly affect some people. It can truly cause other people to leave churches and say, I don't want to be a part of no church. Because I see how them folks live. They're hypocrites. People truly do that. So when we start to change ourselves, other people around us will then change or they're more likely to. It's not a 100% guarantee that somebody is going to do right because Jesus already said most people aren't going to do right. And I'd like to add another thing. Um, church is supposed to be a place of refuge. A lot of people don't even feel safe. They don't feel protected. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, they don't feel loved. Mm -hmm. Because it was one church I read about a while ago. Um, it was a flyer somebody had taken a picture of. Um, but it was really a letter mailed to this person's house. And they had basically kicked the person out of church because they weren't paying their tithes or something like that. Now, <laughs> that right there would turn a lot of people away from church because they'll they'll read that one letter and they'll say now look at those church folks man i'm not about to even waste my time and there might be a person that actually might be looking into getting to know god and then see some stuff like that so it's there it's some real bad examples of some churches out there i mean you have the pastor probably riding around in a rolls royce the church might be a three million dollar building but all the members are sitting there in poverty how are you going to keep taking their money like that and not help them out in their time of need? When are we going to start helping these people out? We see that they're struggling, and all they do, all we do is just take their money and not have anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> see, the pastor or the shepherd is supposed to be in charge of the sheep, protecting the sheep. But in today's age, it's the other way around. As long as the pastor is doing good, everything is straight. <laughs> but the, it's got to be the pastor and the people. So, I mean, I just wanted to add that right oh, there because I'm pretty sure, like, man, if I didn't know what I know now and then I, was, I saw something like that, I'd be like, man, look at these Christians right here, these Christians. I'm not about to waste my time going to that church, giving them my money, and them not helping me out at all. I don't even feel straight. I don't feel, I feel more protected in the streets than I do in the church. <laughs> the church is the most divided place on earth and it's supposed to be the most unified place that, that's the problem right there but when they, when everybody sees the importance of all these things that we talk about and actually love one another as stated in first john we love it love one another let us love one another because god is love we love we are of god and if we love not then we are not of god so we just have to keep acting on his word and one by one, it's, that's just a prayer because that's what Jesus prayed for. He he prayed for that everybody be one, everybody be together, and that prayer is still yet to be answered. We can we can change that. We can help change that. But that, that's all I really have to say. Yeah, you definitely definitely hit a good point there. It's supposed to be a place of refuge. It's got to be a place of refuge. But man, now like you were saying, you have people. They can't bring what issue they have to the church. But there is some places out there. Hope for those that are searching for a place, there are people out there that truly will care. There are churches out there that truly will care because God, God is real. He is doing something in someone's life that they're going to say, man, I'm going to choose to love this person despite any of their flaws despite what they've been through, despite how they look, despite how they are currently. I know this is, God is not done with them yet, and God is not done with me yet. 
So we definitely have to, above all, man, we have to have charity in our hearts. We have to have love. We have to have compassion on one another. And, I mean, that's really the commandment of God, love one another. Love God and love thy neighbor as, thy, as thyself. No greater sacrifice than to lay up down your life for the brother. Man. <laughs> but people, it's all about self, 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 though. That's how, that's what society brainwashed. That's what they instill in our minds. Make sure yourself is straight first. How you gonna help others when you can't even help yourself? But that's what the love of God does. It, give, it gives us that ability. And another point is just, no, I think I've said it before, but I care about everybody. More than you may know, even if I don't know you, I love you. I care about you. And it, it just hurts. You know, I scroll down on Facebook. It just hurts so bad to see people sending themselves to hell. And what's worse about it, they don't even know that they're doing it. There used to be a, a rap song that said, you don't even know. <laughs> you sending them yourself to hell and you don't even know. You don't even know it. <laughs> because in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 it says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge we would rather do so many other things I believe people would rather watch paint dry than to read the Bible and actually learn and see what the truth is like how do I make it to heaven what do I need to know to make it to heaven because eternity is a long time man like our brains are not even capable of wrapping our minds around eternity like I say even if you live a million years on earth that's not even a fraction of a that's not even a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. I can't it goes on to infinity. It's not it doesn't amount to what eternity is. And for you to think about just being on fire, screaming. I can't even handle the fire on earth for like two seconds, let alone an eternity of all that stuff. And just knowing you'll be down there, because I don't know if y'all know this, but you'll be able to see heaven from hell. You, you'll see up there. And you'll see, like, the joy that you'll never get to experience for eternity. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, you just can't wrap your mind around it. And to know that some people, that like, the very people that you care about are going to be there. Just knowing that, like, right here, that hurts, man. Like, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach out. We get on here every week, two times a week. Well, we do live stream on, on Thursdays and then actual Bible study on Tuesdays. Trying to reach out to people, hoping that at least even if one person listen. Mm -hmm. Because we know most people aren't going to be interested in this. We see the views. We see the count. <laughs> And I know is maybe like some of the views are people just accidentally clicked on the live video trying to turn the notifications off when I go live. I know that we get on people's nerves, but who would we rather upset, humans or God? I'm trying to be right with God. I don't care what any human has to think about me. A lot of people say that. Like I remember talking to somebody one time and they said they were afraid of what people are going to think about them. And I, I can understand. I used to be like that. I made fun of a lot, so I always tried to present myself to where other people would like me. But I had to, I had to flip the switch on that. Like I, I had to make sure that God, that I'm right with God, because I don't care what people have to say. <laughs> oh, you wasn't. Oh, your line ain't straight. You got big ears. <laughs> All that stuff they used to say to me, and that stuff used to bother me. But now I could not possibly care any less. It doesn't phase me at all. What phases me is God's opinion. 
Because that's the only opinion that I that I'm worried about. And um, that the end of Acts chapter five, um, they said we'd rather please man. I mean, I'm sorry, we'd rather please God than man. We'd rather obey God than man. Mm -hmm. Somebody is telling you to do what God said. Don't do. Don't do it. That's simple. Because in um, a verse in Matthew says, don't fear the man that can kill the body. Fear him who can kill the body and the soul in hell. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever they want to this body. Because I know that this soul is going to be in heaven. It's going to one day be in paradise. But see, a lot of people are going to hang on to these earthly things that we're going to lose anyway. They're going to hang on to other people's opinion. See, it was, um, it was a song I heard. And one line I really did like. It says, I don't care about your image or your Facebook likes. All I care about is what your faith looks like. And I really like that. A lot of people care about the likes they get on social media. Their head is all gassed up like, man, I got 300 likes on this picture. <laughs> man. If only people knew the, the reason why they were liking those pictures. They, not saying that they, like, every single person that liked the picture don't love you. But they... Well, I can say this. They don't love you the way that God loves you. God's love cannot be superseded. It's the top of the totem pole. And he's trying to give us that love. We have, to, we have to get it. We have to do what he said. We have to love him back. And when we love him back, there's a scripture that says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I say. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I mean, I see it daily. People have Philippians 4.13 written all, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you ask them to read the Bible, and let's have a Bible study. Oh, something always comes oh, up. Look <laughs> Man. at the time. Damn, <laughs> bro. My throat's scratching. They always have excuses. There, there's a place in um, China, I believe, one of the Gospels, where, where a man had was preparing a supper. And it says it bade many. That means he invited many. And then this word goes on, on to say, and at one consent, they each began to make excuses of why they couldn't be there. All things were ready. Everything was ready. All the people had to do was come. That's the same thing we got. All the things are ready. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us to come to him. If we can stop making excuses and get our act lined up with what God wants us to do. Like I said, I see it. We wear the chains. We even get scripture tattooed on us. We have scripture, John 3.16, Philippians 4.13, with God all things are possible. But when are we actually going to start not only looking at that scripture, but looking at all the scriptures? All scripture is inspired by the word of God. Well, all scripture is inspired by God. Not just one. We can't just look at one. If I believe that I have to get the Holy Ghost, but don't believe that I get baptized, then my whole faith is <laughs> invalid. If I believe that I need to get baptized, and I don't believe that I need to get the Holy Ghost. My faith is invalid. Don't work. If I love one person, if I love Tony, but I don't like the other guy. Don't work. Faith is invalid. Don't work. <laughs> we must love everybody. We must do. We must take the whole book of the Bible as in consideration. Yes, into consideration. Yes, the words in red are very important. It's written in blood because Jesus said it. But not only the words in red, the words in black and the words in white too. Depending on how your Bible is set up. All, all scripture is inspired by God. When people say they don't want to follow the Bible because it's written by man. <laughs> there is no way that man can make these verses fit together the way that they can on their own. 
is inspired by God. And you will know that too. You, yes, you watching right now. I see you. Well, I don't see you, but I see you watching. If you take the time to look at the scripture, let's stop putting God on the back burner. We, let's make him our prioritized mission to learn what he is actually saying. But we have to take the first steps. What are the first steps? Get baptized. What are baptized? Get the Holy Ghost. Then he will open up our understanding more to where we can see things and we will see the severity of these things that we, really, we just need to follow the word of God. But yeah, the reason why we started up another live stream is um, as soon as we turned off the first one, one of our friends um, asked a question about our um, generation and how we think that we can get people to see and actually understand the severity of God because it's just such an afterthought in today's, and, and always, it's just been such an afterthought. I remember the Apostle Paul said Jesus could come back at any time. And that was 2,000 years ago. And if he's feeling like that back then, how much more serious is it now? I know you got something. What you got? You said a word generation. And it brought a scripture to my mind. I want to get, um, and I'm not going to talk long on this. Cause we already been talking for a long time. But in Proverbs, the 30th chapter, verse 12. See, God... <laughs> Man, God already seen God already seen somebody out there wanting to fight water baptism. He knew it was going to be a great struggle. Look at let's look at Proverbs 30 and 12. See that this is for those that are fighting water baptism. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. <laughs> That's us right now. We, people are pure in their own eyes. They say, man, I'm good. Yep. I got nothing to worry about. And yet, yet is not washed. And yet is not washed. In Acts, the 22nd chapter, verse 19, he said, Arise and be baptized and wash. <laughs> he said, wash away your sins. The man here, he says, look, uh, Solomon. Solomon says here, this generation is not washed. Ananias told Paul to arise, be baptized, and wash. Wash away your sins. Solomon said, it's a generation coming. They're going to say they're good. They're going to say, I don't need no water baptism. I'm good. I'm already pure. I'm already clean. Solomon said, look, they still ain't washed. They ain't washed the way they sin. They still got that sin carrying it around. Man, it's another <laughs> scripture, which I'm pretty sure you know about it. It's in Acts chapter 2, and it's dealing with that dealing with that word generation again. Like, as we see from, we all read verse 36, 37, 38, and mm -hmm. a lot of people say you, that was just for the people back then. You only need to get baptized. That was something that man made up back then. We don't need it now. But in verse 39, we see, for this, for the promise is unto you. And in chapter 1 of Acts, we found out what the promise is, the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then Peter continues to say, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation, this crooked generation. That's still us today. 
When will we as a generation get right with God? When will we wake up? Paul said it's high time when we'll wake up, we'll wake out of our sleep. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to say, you sleeping on him, y'all sleeping on God. We gonna need the man that we sleeping on. <laughs> In the hard times, who are we running to? We run into God. But as soon as everything turns back around and gets straight, we'll be like, oh, thanks, God. And <laughs> shoot the guns at him. I'm out. I'll see you next month when my life falls apart again. But, I mean, God's not going to accept that, though. Save yourselves from this untoward generation, this crooked generation. Man. It's such an evil. Like James told us, the God of this world, which is the devil. <laughs> the devil has blinded so many people. What were you saying? That's, I just want oh, to add I, that one verse in I there. Was, I, I said what I was going to say. I mean... There be it. I mean, Did you have any, anything else? We appreciate you staying here with us. This, yeah, for sure. This entire time. We appreciate you. Let me give it a couple seconds just to make sure. Wait, this says two comments. Why am I not seeing the comments? Am I in quiet mode? Okay, now I see it. Sharon says guilty. I'm not sure at what point you were saying guilty to. I'm just not seeing the comments. And you said, amen. Again, I'm not sure at what point there that is in. Mine was doing that too, though. It was acting weird. I'm not sure why I'm not seeing comments, Sharon, but if you have any questions. Sharon said, I'm just listening. I can talk a lot. You know that, Melvin. Come on with some questions. <laughs> because it, it just really excites me when um, people care about learning about God. Because it's so rare these days. And what we're trying to do is, you know, send a warning out to people. I remember in the days of Noah, well, I remember reading about in the days of Noah, (laughs) where he was trying to tell the people that it was about to rain. And the people looked at him crazy like, (laughs) bro, we ain't never rained before. I'm not not getting on that boat. It's the same thing today. We're we're trying to warn people, hey, get on this boat. It's it's not going to be like a physical ark or anything, but get on the boat, meaning... Save, like, get water baptized, get the Holy Ghost before it's too late because many people are trying to run up here when that rain has already started. And at that time, it's going to be too late and it's going to be an eternity full of regret. And I don't want that for anybody. Like, I know a lot of people wish that, um, like, uh, in true, people do a lot of horrible acts. And people say, man, I wish that person dies and, go to, and goes to hell. Like, we should not wish that upon anybody, no matter what anybody has done. We should always have a, a forgiving conscience. We should always forgive. <laughs> okay, how can I get closer? Sharon says, okay, how can I get closer to him? See, the comment keep disappearing. How can I get closer to him? I'm human and mess up and feel guilty. But how can I, as a person, get closer and let him in? Oh, uh, it's a verse in Romans, not Romans, in Revelations that says, I stand, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man let me in, I will come into him, and he into me, and I will sup with him. Saying you have to let him in. And the first steps to letting him in is what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks or so. Baptism in Jesus' name, and getting the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, it changes everything. And along with that, Fasting and prayer helps tremendously. Like, I've done it too, and it helped me battle what my flesh wants. See, we're in this thing right here. Our flesh wants a lot of things that God say we shouldn't do. We shouldn't do. 
So when you fast, and the the way that you fast is, um, I don't think we talked about fasting here yet. Um. But the way that you fast is um, set aside like a time. I'm not gonna eat. And to be clear, fasting is no food and no water for a certain amount of time. Maybe like as soon as you wake up until you get off or to two or three o'clock in the evening. It's just, of course, you're gonna feel hungry. It's gonna be hard, but it's supposed to be hard because you're getting control of your flesh. And when you get control of your flesh, you can do a lot of things. You're really powerful. But definitely do that. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Not the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If you have questions about that, my inbox is open. Tony's inbox is, is inbox is open if you have any questions about that because there are many different beliefs when it comes to the correct way of baptism, the correct way to get baptized, and the correct way, you know, just to get the Holy Ghost. A lot of people don't believe that you have it. I mean, that you have to do that, but uh, we do. So definitely, definitely, the way you get closer to him is doing that. Do you have anything to add to that? That's pretty much it. And definitely just continue seeking and praying to God to strengthen you um, through whatever it is. It's especially <clears throat> important that you at least acknowledge what it is that you have issues with. Because so many people, they can't even do that. They say, oh, I ain't got no problem. I'm just like everybody else. We love to look around and say, well, everybody else do it. Yeah, imagine when we get at Judgment Day and we tell God, well, God, everybody else doing it. He's like, yeah, well, all of them going to hell, too. So, I mean, we, going to hell, like. <laughs> so, I mean we, can, we just can't sit around and look at it and say, well, everybody else was doing this, God, so that's why I did it. It's just not going to work. But so definitely, as Melvin has already mentioned, man, the Holy Ghost, he said, the Spirit will lead you into all truth. Having His Spirit does wonders. It will change things for you. So, I mean, a lot of times people say they already got it. Uh, but a lot of times people don't actually have it. It's just up to if you're willing to accept what the Scriptures say about it. <coughs> Bless you. Sharon has Thank another you. question. I got baptized at about nine, maybe, but only, but I only went to the front because the other kids were up there. To be honest, <laughs> that's what we, we really do. We feel that peer pressure, like man, I don't want to be the only person to go up here. And, I mean, to not go up here and get baptized. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Sharon, would be: Was it in the name of Jesus? And and also, do you understand what it was for? The, if you can remember, did the pastor say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord Jesus for the, for the remission of sins? Because that is the only way to be baptized. In Ephesians, it says it's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's only one Lord, and there's only one way to believe, and there's only one baptism to be carried out. Because I got baptized myself December of 2006 at the um, age of 11. But I remember um, one night Tony brought to my attention um, the correct way to get baptized and it was in the name of Jesus and I didn't know that and I especially didn't know what baptism was for when I was 11 and so when I found that out I had to go get it redone and yes you can get baptized again as we, we can point that out in scripture too where they got rebaptized. 
Because I didn't remember what the guy said. Like, I don't know if he said in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or in the name of Jesus. But I understand the severity of it, even though the majority of the world doesn't. And I had to go get it redone just to be sure. Because if I did, I know they hand out certificates sometimes when you get baptized. <laughs> I don't know what that certificate is if I got one. But I don't remember, and I definitely didn't know what it was for at the time. So I got rebaptized. Sharon says, I know who he is. I grew up in church, but sometimes I stay away, and God don't mind showing me that I need him. The whole process and what was said. So what did he say? Unless I'm just reading that comment wrong. What did he say, huh? Wait, what did she say? I know who he is. I grew up in church, but sometimes I stray away from away, and God doesn't mind showing me that I need him. The whole process and what was said. I remember my baptism, I mean. But did you understand what it was actually for? For the remission of sins? And once you do that, then you can get the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it won't be easy starting off, I can tell you that. But the more time you put in to seeking God, yeah, you'll hear some stuff that you don't want to hear. But... <laughs> It'll turn out to be good news once you actually continue to seek him because it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But yeah, uh, like Melvin was saying, that's definitely the, uh, it's crucial to do those two things first uh, because even Paul who wrote majority of the Bible we, we read, majority of the New Testament we read, he was concerned with how people were baptized and how, if they received the Holy Ghost. So uh, just a uh, message to anyone that listened to this is not, we're not asking these questions to challenge anybody's beliefs or, oh, no. or say, oh, you did this wrong or they did this wrong. It's to make sure that we do it right because God isn't going to accept anything. And even though as people sometimes we do things out of a good intention but if it was not the way God told us to do it he's not going to accept it even uh, Cain and Abel God they had to bring a sacrifice to God and Cain he brought fruit from the ground fruit didn't carry any blood Abel he brought uh, of the flock he brought an animal sacrifice so his sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not because he didn't do it the way God said do it. And so I can imagine right now had Abel come to Cain and said, hey, man, look, God's not going to accept this. This is not what God wants you to do. Cain would have been fighting mad, which he was. He killed him. He killed his own brother. And so I pray that everyone that hears anything we have to say that they're willing to come as a little child. They're willing to humble themselves. They're willing to say, man, you know what? You're actually right. And I need to do this again, or I need to go check this out and make sure I did do it right. I need to make sure that I do have the Holy Ghost. Right. <clears throat> but like Tony was saying, when we ask, you know, have you been baptized? Have you gotten the Holy Ghost? It's not, like he said, it's not to challenge anybody. But... I mean, if we take a look at Acts chapter 19, we have, um, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Uh, Corinth is, of course, the um, church of Corinthians, and Ephesus is the church of Ephesians. 
And they said he found certain disciples. See, a disciple is nothing but a follower of God. So, of course, they believed in God, but just that believing is <laughs> not enough. It's something else that we must do. So in verse 2, he says, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since she believed? And that's what, like, a pastor should do at a church. He should make sure that all of the people, like, have the Holy Ghost and be baptized. Because if he's a true God-ordained pastor, then he knows the severity of being baptized, water baptized in the name of Jesus and getting the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he should be asking these things to make sure that they are aligned with God's word because that is his job. That was he, that is why he's sent here to do it. And so... He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They believed in God. They haven't even heard that there was such thing as Holy Ghost. So the next question that was asked, and he said unto them, Until what then were ye baptized? How at least were you baptized since you don't have the Holy Ghost? And they said unto John's baptism. So right here we see that somebody being baptized first, and now they're going to have to get rebaptized. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, that we see another baptism. How were they baptized? In the name of Jesus. That's the correct way of baptism and how baptism should be carried out. And then they, they didn't even stop at the baptism part. In verse 6, it says, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. The very first time somebody gets the Holy Ghost, you're going to see them speak in tongues. It is the sign that you have the Holy Ghost. And a lot of people, you know, don't believe that. And I can see looking at it from the natural standpoint, a lot of this stuff wouldn't make sense. But we have to turn off our, our, the carnal part of our brains and look spiritually at it. Spiritually at it, it makes perfect sense. I remember, um, in the Old Testament, um, Tony touched on, touched on it earlier, um, on Passover, they had to um, kill the lamb, and they had to smear the blood of lamb on the top of their doors, so when the death angel passed, you know, they wouldn't get killed. And that's the same way that Jesus is. He died. Why do you think that Jesus is called the Lamb of God? See, that's the Old Testament. The Old Testament is physical. They had to kill a physical lamb and, and smear the physical blood above their doors for, them, for God to pass them over. But in the New Testament, it's spiritual blood. And God was, the, I mean, and Jesus is the lamb of God that shed his blood. We just saw in scripture earlier, without shedding, there is no remission. And so now that when we go down in the water to get water baptized in Jesus' name, we're picking up that blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus, just like in the Old Testament. It's crazy how the Old Testament parallels to the New Testament. Mm. A lot of people don't know that because they don't take the time to study it. But God, on the Day of Judgment, God is going to be looking for that blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb of God, covering us just like did in the Old Testament when they had to kill the physical Lamb. See, a lot of the stuff, like I said earlier, wouldn't make sense if we're just looking at it from a natural standpoint. But when God opens our understanding, when we're actually obedient to him and do what he said do, Amazing. it will change everything. All the stuff that used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. Now, I still, you know, get upset at a couple things, but how I, were, how I would react to those things that I would get upset with has changed dramatically. I remember um, I was trying to, talk to somebody about God 
And it was very recently I started reading the Bible. And so they still knew the old Melvin. <laughs> and they would get upset when I was trying to tell them. They were like, you were just doing all that and you made this big, crazy change. See, one thing is people are going to know there's a change to you. They're going to be all like, man, what happened to you? You're born now. You don't like to do the things that you used to do. But this person said, not everybody's going to make a big, drastic change like you did. Because they noticed it. <laughs> the word says, when we are born, I'm, I'm going to quote this wrong, but um, when we get baptized, we are a new creature. How does that one go? We are a new creature in Jesus. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. All, that one too. All things are made new. But he who is in Christ Jesus is a new creature. That one. You're new. But definitely that one too. Um, all things are passed away. Uh, things have become new. So definitely that is how we get closer to God. Because he's knocking at all of our doors right now. And the sad part about it is most of us are not going to let him in. He's just going to stay out there knocking just like just like they were when um, he was in Mary's womb. And they didn't let him into the end. Glory to God. Jesus was rich and made himself poor. I know you got something else. <laughs> I don't. I've said a lot. Unless, unless anybody has a question, I don't have anything. Yeah, but I'm glad Casey asked that question for us to get back on live and answer some more questions. I'm very appreciative that um, Sharon, thank you for coming Definitely. out thank you. and asking more questions too, because this is what really excites me. Like Tony was saying earlier, um, this young lady said, Tony, don't get mad at me for asking why 50 million times. <laughs> but that's the thing that we like interaction because nothing is really, it's just so joyful that seeing somebody who knows they're, they're, um, they're not right with God at the moment, they, they strive, they, they make strives to getting closer to God. Like that really warms my heart for a lack of a better phrase. It really does make me excited when people ask about God. And we'll literally stay up all night <laughs> talking to somebody. And they if, if they have sincere questions, like the ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus, who asked Jesus, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time? Because he was looking at it from the natural standpoint. And I see you commented again, Sharon. Keep the questions coming. <laughs> what about when you feel you have reached the bottom and God have left you? How do you get the faith and belief back? Tony, you want to take a shot at that one? Say that. Read that again. What about when you feel you have reached the bottom and God has left you? How do you get the faith and belief back? You got to hold on to what he said. See, God said he would never leave you, nor would he was, nor forsake you. So... God hadn't left you. You may have uh, took it upon yourself to kind of veer away from God because at certain times of our lives, we do that. Sometimes we come to him and things are going good and then we kind of shift and go another way. But God said he'll never leave you. And he's offering the Holy Ghost and he said the comforter is going to abide with you forever. So... Once we receive his spirit, 
It's always going to be there. You're never alone with God. Never. But a lot of times the devil can uh, infiltrate our minds and have us thinking that, man, God isn't here. I feel so alone. That's nothing but a feeling. Because if you stay in his word, if you stay uh, sharpening yourself with the scripture, you'll see that, man, God is here. God cares too much about you to leave you. He cares way too much. You are the reason that Jesus Christ came here and died for you. So at no point is he looking to leave you. He's hoping you continue seeking him. He is never trying to leave you. So above all else, you have to hold to his word because a lot of times feelings, your emotions, they're going to a lot of times that stuff is going to be contrary to God. That 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 stuff is going to say God don't love you. That stuff is going to say where is God at right now? He ain't here for you. He don't care about you. That's what they said to even <laughs> Jesus when he was hanging on the cross. Where is your God now? <laughs> All of that stuff is going to come against you. But if you hold to his word, they that endure to the end shall be saved. If you hold on to his word, man, he's going to show you he was always there. See, I was talking to another person about this. God was the one who just gave you the strength to even type that message. That was God. God is the one who's a lot pumping oxygen into your lungs right now. Your lungs could have collapsed. That's God. God is the one who allowed you to blink. And I know you just blinked. <laughs> I know you did because your eyes are open. God was the one that allowed you the strength to even blink. That's God. He could have made your vision get blurry. You could have went blind a minute ago. That's God. God hadn't left you. It's just sometimes circumstances around us make us think, man, man, I feel like God is nowhere to be found. Circumstances do that. Circumstances will push us to think that. But, see, it's just like, man, it's just like when... Uh, sometimes we, we, we start looking in the wrong places. Sometimes instead of keeping our eyes on Christ, we start to look at how the circumstances look. See, when uh, Jesus walked out to his disciples, he walked on water. They thought the man was a spirit, thought he was a ghost. Yeah. Jesus walked out there. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out to you. Let me walk on water to you. So Jesus uh, allowed him to do that. And so Peter is now walking on water. And if you go back and read the story, Peter is going to start looking at the wind. I mean, excuse me, the waves. Yeah. He starts looking around. Man, the wind's getting loud. Oh, man, what's going on around me? And at that moment, Peter began to sink. See, he took his eyes off of Christ and started looking at how the surrounding looked. How things around him seem to be, man, you can't do this, Peter. What are you out here doing? And that's how we are sometimes. A lot of times we'll stop looking at Christ. 
sometimes we'll start seeking him like as never before. But then somehow, man, somebody takes your attention off him. Somebody say, hey, man, look, I got this new show. This is all I want you to do. Let, let's watch this show together. Right. So, so we spend every single second of our free time looking at this TV show now. So sometimes somebody said, look, I got, there's this new thing out now. It said, it's this new game. You got to play this new game. So we spend every second of, this, of our time playing this new game. So many things can keep our attention off Christ. And so when we do that, we're subject to these feelings, subject to thinking, man, Christ ain't even here now. See, Jesus was still standing right there in front of Peter. But now, and I'm not saying he thought this, but now that thought can come in. Man, where did Jesus at, though? Oh, I'm dying. Right Jesus, Jesus, save us. <laughs> Even when Jesus was asleep uh, under the ship, they said, Master, we perish. Save us. See, a lot of times he's already there. A lot of times, but we're looking at the circumstance and thinking, oh, he's not here. I don't know how I'm going to survive. God is always there, though, because he loves you too much. He's just trying to strengthen us a lot of times and elevate our minds. But so definitely we, we just got to keep praying. And, and again, I don't know if you have the Holy Ghost or not, but if you do not or if you don't even know you have it, definitely find out. Ask him questions on it. Find out because that is a vital aspect is vital it is extremely vital a lot of times when you go to the doctor they want to check your vital signs <laughs> uh, <laughs> checking to see if you got the Holy Ghost that's one of your vital signs <laughs> right definitely have to be sure about that but it's so many ways the devil can distract us out there. He's got some for all of us. Some of us, we distracted by them nice shoes. Some of us, we distracted by the new clothes. Some of us distracted by that new hairstyle. I got to get the new latest stuff. Some of us distracted by the cell phone. Some of us distracted by the, the boyfriend, the, the girl, the female. It's so Man. many things <laughs> we can be distracted by. Guys, the devil's got something for all of us. I'm not saying it's, it's something wrong with everything I'm even naming. I'm just saying a lot of times that takes our attention away from God. And we won't even desire to ever have a Bible study. We like Bible study. Bible study. Man, I went to church one time already this weekend. I, man, we had a good time. We sang and jumped, and then when the preacher got up, I almost fell asleep. And, man. Shannon says, I get the Holy Ghost when I sing them solos at church and God takes over. Well, um, the Holy Ghost, God wants the Holy Ghost. He wants to give it to you to dwell in you forever not just when you sing or not when you just pray uh, he's desiring for it to be with you always yeah. so uh, and like I said I don't know if you have it uh, but I'll put it to you this way a lot of times you can go to church and you can 
feel the presence of God there. I mean, people will be singing, jumping, hitting flips, falling over. People will be praising God, and you can feel his presence. That happens a lot of times, but that does not mean I have the Holy Ghost just because I felt his presence. That just means I felt the spirit in the atmosphere. But it is a difference when you actually receive his spirit. That, that's completely different. Yeah. See, Jesus is um, the, the 12 or the 11 because Judas, uh, he hung himself. But the 11, no doubt they felt the presence of God. If anybody felt it would have been them. They watched this man heal people. They watched this man raise other people from the dead. They watched him raise even himself up. But if you notice, none of them had the Holy Ghost. Not a single one. Not until Jesus, uh, excuse me, not until Acts the second chapter is when they got the Holy Ghost. So that's why we bring this up because, yeah, we can do a lot of things. Uh, and still not even have the Spirit of God. I mean, we can praise Him all the time and still not even have it. So that that's why I brought that uh, brought that point up. Oh, but I had went to the um, Acts chapter one because Tony had said they um, they were around this man for three or three and a half years. Of course, they felt his presence, but presence, but um, they had yet to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, Sharon says, well, that makes sense, breaking it down like that, Tony. I didn't realize there was a difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Well, no, I wasn't trying to say <laughs> that. I wasn't trying to say that. Uh, but I think you did get the gist of what I was saying. There, There's a difference between feeling the Holy Ghost versus having the Holy Ghost living inside of you, dwelling inside of you. There is a difference. Uh, you can take a drunk man off of the side of the street. Uh, man, I mean, he could have been drunk for however long, but somebody can take him off the street, put him in a church. The environment was so good, he said, man, I, man, I feel good in here. I felt, I really did feel God today. Mm -hmm. Man can easily say that. And the man, I couldn't say the man was lying either because God's presence can't be felt by anybody. But that does not mean that man has the Holy Ghost. So yeah, there there is definitely a difference between feeling something versus having something inside of you. See, I can, and, and I'll put it this way, um, for a lack of a better example, I can feel, uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. You can take a bottle of alcohol, you can take a bottle of vodka, pour it on my arm. I can feel that bottle of vodka on my arm, but that bottle of vodka is not inside of me. I have not consumed that inside of me. So that's what I mean by you can feel it, because sure enough, I can feel it if you pour it on my arm. But it's a whole different thing when you pour it inside of me. Now I'm going to act different. That, that's a completely different thing there. That's what happens when you get the Holy Ghost. It's going to make you It's going to make you, man, you got a different act on you now. And Courtney Malone, short court, says, so it kind of like, like 
you got happy, you know, like when you sing the songs or when you're in the atmosphere and feeling, feeling God's presence. Yeah, I mean, it's a good feeling. But at the same time, like Tony was saying, it's not actually inside of me. So, I mean, it's, the Holy Ghost is called the Holy Spirit as well. Those terms are used interchangeably. We weren't trying to make it seem like it was a difference mm-hmm. between those two. But it was, he just said, um, it's a difference between feeling it and actually receiving it. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. And Sharon says, well, I don't think it's inside of me yet then. Now you can get it. You can get it. God's trying to give it to anybody willing to receive his spirit. He says he's standing at the door knocking. Only you can let him in. See, just like that bottle of vodka is standing right there on the table, it's up to you to decide to put that vodka in, though. We're not encouraging that you do no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely not. But I'm just using that as an example. Right. It, it cannot work on you unless it's inside of you. So God's spirit, his Holy Ghost, it cannot work on your body unless you allow it to consume you allow it to uh, be inside of you. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) But I was just going to say, yeah, if you you have not received it, uh, definitely, definitely uh, talk to us after, uh, for sure. Uh, Message Melvin or me or whatever. Uh, Definitely, definitely we can, we can talk about that more, but it's a it's a huge difference because I mean I've seen uh, a lot of people don't have it and don't know, and or, or don't have it and they think they do. And, and man, it's a dangerous thing to think you have something that you actually don't. Imagine if I was walking around thinking I had uh, the latest form uh, hepatitis B, but I don't have it. I mean that that is a huge difference. It is a huge difference. But uh I really appreciate you bringing that up. I don't know see if she might say something else. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it's inside of me yet. But definitely you can get it. I mean it doesn't matter where or what time. There's no set time. Like the person, like the unit when he um, was talking to Philip and said, hey, there's water right here. Like, what doth hinder me? Meaning, what's stopping me from getting baptized? Like, nothing's stopping you from receiving the Holy Spirit either. We just have to be willing to let it inside of us and take over. Because um, from the get-go, our flesh is in control. But we have to put our flesh aside because our feelings, and I know we all know this too well, too well our feelings will get us in a lot of trouble. Because our feelings will have us feeling a certain type of way. Like, man, God didn't say that. There's no way this can be true. When it, in fact, it is. But we're listening to our emotions rather than listening to the word of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because God says, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts are your thoughts. Just as far as heaven is above the earth, so are my ways and thoughts above yours. So we have to basically just get in line with what he's saying. And forget about what Melvin or what Tony is feeling. Because that's not going to matter. In the day of judgment, he's not going to say, well, I mean, it made you feel uncomfortable, so I'll let you in. He's not going to do that. Because remember, God is a spirit. He's not going to have emotions like we have. 
See, we can probably put on, like, if we're about to get sentenced to prison, we can probably act a certain way. Most of the time it doesn't work, but we can act, we can get break down and crying and stuff and make the jury, <coughs> bless you, we can make the judge feel a certain type of way. Like, man, they really feel remorseful because one thing they look at, when somebody has done a crime, one thing that they do take into consideration is um, whether the person felt remorseful or not. Because in a lot of things, they'll be like, man, this person didn't even feel remorseful. Let me give him the max sentence. But if you felt a remorse, like if you shown remorse or anything, they might, like I say, might give you less time. But God is not going to be like that. Not at all. And that's what a lot of us think. Like I see so many memes and videos on Facebook saying, like, like this person said, um, God said, like, all right, I'm going to let you up here. But if you come up here playing now, I'm going to send you right back down. Like, stuff like that. Like, I know people are like just joking about it, but, like, there's nothing to be joking there's nothing to be joked about. Like, a lot of people don't experience, like, they just don't know how bad hell is going to be. And they see it, and they'll say, well, how do you know it's so bad? Like, you've never been there. Oh, I've read about it, though. And if I say it, like, I read about it in the Bible, and if I say that I'm a believer, like, I actually want to be, then I'm going to believe whatever is in there. And I'm going to believe how bad they say it's going to be. I don't want to go down there. You won't find me down there because I know that I'm going to do whatever God says do because that's who I'm trying to please and that's who I have to please. But like Tony was saying, it's a, it's a um, difference between feeling it and getting inside of you because we can see in Acts chapter 1 at verse 6, it says when they, they right here is the disciples, they therefore were come together. They asked of him, him being Jesus, saying, Lord, there we go again. When um, the verse says be baptized in the name of the Lord, people say, well, who is the Lord? It's Jesus. As we see right here, we know red writing is written in blood. Jesus was talking. And they asked of him saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? See, distractions that focus on the wrong thing. And these are the 12 or the 11 at this time that Jesus chose. The 12 or the 11, like I said. And he, meaning Jesus, said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all in Judea and Samaria and to the rest of the world. They haven't received the Holy Ghost yet. And they've been around this man for three or three and a half years. And they don't even get it until Acts chapter 2. So if we switch over there, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, reading verse 1 now, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. We, right now we see the first gift, like where the apostles got the Holy Ghost right there. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's how you know if you have the Holy Ghost. As soon as you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues for the first time. And if we go back to John chapter 3, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole story, but we know that there was Nicodemus was the ruler of the Jews. And he asked Jesus, um, well, Jesus said to him, they must be born again. And then Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? He had the sincere question. And Jesus was saying, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, verse 5, Except the man be born of the water, water baptism, and of the Spirit, getting the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto ye that ye must be born again. Like, don't get upset. Be surprised. This is what you have to do. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. And that, and what it's saying right there is, it will come unnoticeably. It will be like a rush. The wind bloweth where it listeth. The wind blows where it wants to, and thou hearest the sound thereof. You're going to hear it, but you cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. You can't tell where and when it comes or where it goes. Just like everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 2. And what does it say? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now what did Jesus just say in John chapter 3? The wind blows where it listed. You'll be able to hear it, but you can't tell when it comes or where it goes. Verse 2, Acts chapter 2 verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So we see that right there. It goes together. They receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of them. I'm sure they felt the presence because, I mean, Jesus was right there. He walked physically like Tony is to me. That's what Jesus was to them, like right next to them, talking to them physically. So, of course, they felt the presence of the Holy Ghost because Jesus is the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't inside of them. So now our task today is to get the Holy Ghost inside of us. And just like alcohol will make a person act a certain way, the Holy Ghost will make somebody act a certain way. Like I remember how I used to be. Like, um, <laughs> hey, what's the word for it? Very insecure. But when I got some alcohol in me, confident like crazy, go, to, go up and talk to anybody. But see, that's how I was. Like, I didn't know. What God was, what he wanted me to do, really didn't care about it. Oh, but when I got that Holy Ghost, everything changed. And like I say, not condoning drinking at all. Don't do it. <laughs> but we definitely have to get the Holy Ghost inside of us. And Shannon, I know you have more questions. Courtney, you too. Please keep the questions coming. Whether I mean whether it be here, whether I be at work, I don't care where it is. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say. If you don't have any more questions, at least right now, like I say, inbox is always open. I don't care if it's three in the morning. If I wake up and you got a question about God, with an answer, because like, just people just don't see the severity of it. I know I say that a lot because it's the truth. They say, "Why do I have to do this?" <laughs> Sharon says, I need to make a change, but it won't happen overnight. It's a work in progress. It's definitely, definitely a work in progress. Receive the spirit and see, just see what God will do for you. Man, don't believe us. Believe God. See what he'll do for you. <laughs> All the things you used to worry about, things that used to bother, like bother you, I know, like, when people do us wrong, how we felt like we used to have to get them back. Like, all that stuff is like, man, okay, like, you do you. I'm going to just stay right with God. And we know vengeance is the Lord's. Why we steady try, trying to get revenge on somebody that did us wrong. I'm not saying that they're right for doing us wrong. But at the same time, we have to do what God says. Jesus says, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. But like you say, that is true. 
It definitely won't happen overnight. It did not happen overnight for me. And it has definitely been times where I wanted to turn back and go to the way I used to be because sometimes it, will, it used to hit me like I would think that I would have so much more fun doing what I used to do, going out, doing like things that I used to do. Just leave it at that. And um, like the devil really almost used to have me turning back to what I used to do, knowing good and well what I read in God's Word. So you're going to have temptations. If you have temptations, don't lose the faith. When Jesus got baptized, there was a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, and thee I am well pleased. God never said that until Jesus got baptized. But then right after that, he sent Jesus into the mountain. And a, certain, a bishop calls it three rounds with the devil. <laughs> God sent Jesus right into the mountain and led him. I mean, he was being tempted by the devil right after he got baptized. Well, I don't know exactly how soon it was after he got baptized, but after he got baptized, he was tempted of the devil. And it was with the three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But Jesus um, stood strong. And I forget exactly what that story is, if you want to read it, but... I think it's recorded in multiple of the Gospels. Right. I don't remember where, though, but it's in multiple. Sarah says, temptation, how can you avoid them? Oh, you, you can't. <laughs> you won't avoid it. Temptation is going to be with you. But, go back to Acts chapter 1 again. And verse 5. I mean, not verse 5. What am I talking about? Verse 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. The Holy Ghost is going to be the power for us to overcome those temptations. So, old Shirley Caesar song. And it, um, in the hook or the chorus says, yield not to temptation. We're going to face temptations. Just like the verse says, there's no weapon formed against you that, that shall prosper. It never said that weapon wasn't going to form. It said it wouldn't be successful. So that's why I have the mindset that that uh, I don't care what comes towards me. I mean, I, I'll even wish it luck. Because, I mean, I know that with God on my side, I don't care if the whole world is against me. If God is on my side, the whole universe is against me. If God is on my side, I am in the majority. <laughs> because that's the only opinion I'm trying to please. That's the only man or God. I'm that that is he is I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> Cause that that's just how I like pumped up I am talking about God. So let me let me slow down. God is the only one I'm trying to please. I know you got something. You went, I see you went somewhere. So. Uh, I was just going to bring up, God said there is, uh, in the book of Corinthians, uh, he said that there was no temptation that hath taken you, but it's such as common as to man. So what he's trying to get us to see is every temptation you're going through, somebody else has dealt with it. So you can overcome because the, the scripture says he made a way to escape. That's the spirit, the Holy Ghost, as Melvin was mentioning. It is going to be that power. And God is going to give you a way to escape the temptation. He's going to give you a way. How can you be strengthened if you've never been tried? How are you going to build muscle if you don't lift weights? How are you going to do it? You have to go through something. To be tested. You have to go through the temptation. So 
everything that uh, will come to try you is something that someone uh, someone else has already went through and someone else has succeeded because Jesus Christ himself succeeded. Melvin already said it. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. That's all the temptations there are going to be. It's going to fall into one of those categories. Sharon says, but lust is a powerful thing and most people want to fight. Wait. And most people don't want to fight or avoid it. Get, I'm telling you, receive the spirit receive the baptism lust will be no match for you I guarantee it see you're talking to someone who has already battled these same things you're talking about right now I second that you're talking to someone who had an issue with all of that stuff see I, I got the testimony that I can say well if, if this a lot of times people say well if that person could overcome it I know I can do it I'm telling you if I could do it, I know you can, because it was not I that did it. It was God. God is the one who gave me the power to do it. But now you're going to have to do it the way he says do it. So sometimes people think they can do it without getting the spirit. It's not going to work. People say, I can do it without getting baptized. It's just not going to work, because this is how God said do it. This is the only way. So I don't care if your problem is lust, uh, of uh, whether it's material things or lust of um, I want this person or I want that person. I don't care what kind of lust it is. I don't care if you have a pride issue. God, he's made a way to escape all of that. Every single issue. Because Jesus already defeated it. Victory is his. He's already defeated every single thing that you're struggling with because the same stuff that you can say you've uh, suffered from, somebody else can say they've overcome it. And the reason they did was because of God that's in them. That's the only way we're going to overcome it is because of God. Because us without him, we're not strong enough. We're just not strong enough. So, uh, in God, there are no buts. There, there is nothing too powerful for God. There is nothing too powerful for God. So, no matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what problem it is that you seem, uh, that may seem like you can't overcome it, the scripture said, Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth? That Jesus is the Son of God. This is He that came by both blood and water. See, you overcome. You're going to, now it may not make sense, but you will overcome all of these issues by getting water baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. And after that, you must move on. You must continue to strengthen yourself because you're not just going to start out on day one strong as ever. Just like a baby, you gotta grow. The the when the child is born, they come out. They have to progress into a mature uh, adolescent. They have to continue to grow until they become a teenager. Till they become in their twenties, their thirties, they gotta grow. That's how we are in Christ. We gotta keep growing. Yeah, but it's just like a baby when, like natural baby, when they're first born, they don't know anything. 
Mm-hmm. And the longer they live, like the more they know, the more they grow, learn things, their bones get stronger, then they'll be able to walk and everything. That's how we are when we first come to Christ. It's crazy how this stuff is like parallel like that between natural and spiritual birth. When we first come into Christ, we are our little children and we have to learn. Have to grow stronger. Our faith has to go strong, grow stronger. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you right now, if now this is a big if, if you set out and follow God the way He said, do it according to the book. You got to go by the book now. See, a lot of times when people uh, make something from a recipe, they'll start looking at it and then they'll kind of sidetrack and do their own thing. No, no, because I've done that before myself. I'm talking about if you follow the book exactly the way God says, you're going to look back in a year's time and say, man, I was having problems with that. Like right now, I can't even, I can't even, like, I can't even imagine, like, being that way anymore. Because it was, it seems so long ago. I guarantee you, if you, now it's an if. If you follow God the way he said do, I guarantee you, you'll look back on your life and say, man, I can't believe I was like that. I, I really can't believe it. And I'm a living witness. It's funny you, say you bring that example up because it, it's been right around a year to me last month, March 25th, I believe it was, when I first started taking the word seriously. Now I look at you know the, that version of Melvin, and I'll be like, man, <laughs> things that I used to let get to me, the things that I used to respond to people saying things that I did not mean. I always trying to get even with other people. I always felt the need that I had to be right with everything. Like I look back and laugh. Like it really just feel pit, like feel sorry about it. Like man, I let those things get to me. How dumb was I? <laughs> man. But once you get those two essential things, it. It'll be hard at first, but the more the more you get into it, the easier it'll become. The, it. the less you will try to worry about getting even with people, the less you worry about what somebody says about you. We are like when we are born of um, born again of Jesus, we are new creatures, and we are foreigners in this world. Like the scripture says, "Fear not, little children. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world." That verse, to break it down, means he, the Holy Spirit that is in you, you, is greater than he, the devil, that is in the world. So, right there is saying that the Holy Spirit is stronger than the devil. So, the Holy Spirit and the devil is just basically anything, he is about anything that is against God. So, lust, that is of the devil. That scripture covers that. Holy Spirit that dwells in you is greater than lust. Pride, that is of the devil. The word says, God hates a proud look. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is better than that, or is greater than that, is stronger than that. You have unimaginable power to overcome all of those things. The name of God is above everything. And, that, and not just lust and pride and stuff like that. Sickness too. It is above that. Like, well, it is above sickness too. By his stripes, we are healed. We keep believing on that name and following what he says. It's smooth sailing. It won't start off that way, but I guarantee you, 
That's a promise. It will get better. What do you have to say? Feel like you had something else to say. I don't know. I can't even remember. I hate when it happens when I have something good to say and then totally lose my train of thought. It's alright. There's been a lot of good things said. But I'm just giving it. I always know that they see it long after we say it, so they don't have any any more questions. But Sharon, definitely, if you um, don't feel like you have the Holy Ghost, please come ask or come talk to um, Tony or me about it, because it's just um, so important. Sharon says you guys are awesome. Sharon, you are awesome for asking questions yeah. and being interactive. Yeah. God bless you. <laughs> it is not us. It is definitely God. But it's all God. God. But you, you are awesome. You got nothing to do with us. But I'm going to have to blow up your guys' and please do. <laughs> She's uh, Sharon says I'm going to have to blow up your guys' inboxes. Please do. I want every single question you have. That's what we're here for. And, and we're not going to answer just based on what we believe or our personal feelings. We're going to take you to these scriptures themselves and tell you because that's what we want to do. We want to come straight from the word of God. Like, man, I know I'm about to quote this wrong. What did Paul say? I'm not coming to you with enticing words or man's knowledge, but I'm coming to you but from the knowledge of God or something. Like, I know I'm quoting that wrong. <laughs> We're basically, we want to come to you with the word of God and not our own knowledge. You know how this scripture goes. Are you over there laughing? <laughs> but Sharon, yeah, please blow up the inbox. Set it on fire. I mean, some stuff I'd rather ask in private to get a better and right understanding. Most definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, definitely hit up the inboxes. We're about to get out of here, to get out of you guys' hair, because uh, we've definitely been on longer than usual, which is not necessarily a bad thing because people have been asking questions. And uh, even though KC never joined back in, our friend KC, he, he asked me. Oh, okay. He, he, he asked a question, and that was made us come back and start a whole <laughs> a new almost two-hour live stream. <laughs> And Sharon says, thank guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Good night. Good night, Sharon. Good night, Sharon. Thank you. Good night, two feet. And um, <laughs> talk to you soon.